Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Your home of the Cincinnati Reds, Fox Sports 1230 and 1420, WIRO Ironton, Aloha Trust, WZWB, Canova Huntington. Tri-State sports fans, it's time to get your fill. It's the Sports Fill-In. Today's show is brought to you by Brown Landscape Management. Who's on first? Sports cards and collectibles. Monroe's Frame and Collision. Smoke and Jay's Rib and Brew House. Collins Career Center. Auto Styles. And Pollock's Jewelers. Now, it's on with the show. Here's your host, Jason Filial. Well, I hope you had a great weekend. And here we are on Monday, ready to dive back into the last week of June. And it's hard to believe. The Reds' win streak came to an end. We'll talk about that. we got a lot of baseball to talk about today. College World Series starts tonight. You got the Women's World Cup going on right now with the United States playing as we speak. More on that in just a moment. And uh, maybe a shuffling in college conferences. And I'll talk about that in just a bit as well. Now, listen, you can be part of the show. You can call the Brown Landscape Management Hotline, ringing right here to the studio, 877 800 9848. 877 800 9848. Brown Landscape Management, full service landscape company offering landscape design, installation, and maintenance, as well as weekly mowing. Commercial and residential. You can also get me on Twitter at SportsFillIn, P-H-I-L-I-N. It is all one word. Love to hear from you today. Uh, As I said, as we speak, the Women's World Cup is going on right now. The United States is playing Spain, and the game is just underway. Now, if there is a goal in this game, and you know how goals are few and far between in soccer, unless the United States is playing Thailand, where they score 13 goals. If there is a goal at any point in the game today that I have on here in the studio, because I'm, I'm, you know, I'm kind of broadening my horizons here and trying to watch some of this while the show is going on. If the United States does score a goal, I will interrupt programming and play this. Okay, that's just kind of a tease. If the United States does score, that's what you will hear on the show today. So you don't have to watch the game. I will uh, keep you updated. So you can just listen to the program and uh, just keep your fingers crossed. If there is a goal for the United States, you will hear that. All right? So now, now you know. Just trying to help you out here on a Monday. Because I know maybe you're out driving around or maybe you're going to lunch to get something to eat. You know, it is lunchtime after all. And thank you, by the way, for for having us on during lunch inviting us over. But, you know, you're, you're going to be busy and, and you can't, you know, sit and watch the World Cup. So that's that's why I'm here trying to help. All right. So that'll happen during the show if um, if the United States scores a goal. The Cincinnati Reds off today. They'll play tomorrow in Anaheim, taking on the Angels, the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, for a brief two-game stint. And then they'll get a day off and come back home for the Cubs and the Brewers and the Indians prior to the All-Star game. But the Reds had won six games in a row. That ended Saturday as the Reds lost to the Brewers 6-5. to five, And then yesterday, the Reds lost to the Brewers again. So they got a split in Milwaukee, which, you know, I I guess that's not bad. I We kind of look at it bad because the Reds had won six consecutive games. And you think, oh, man, here we go. And, and you got Luis Castillo pitching for you on Saturday. And you think, well, this is going to be seven in a row, no doubt, because he's one of the best pitchers in the National League and Major League Baseball. Didn't quite happen. And then they bounced back yesterday, and they got down big, tried to mount a comeback, but it fell short. So you get a split in Milwaukee. And Milwaukee had entered that series on a losing streak. So you're okay, maybe, with a split there in Milwaukee? I mean, you're you're still okay. You're still five and a half games out of first, only three and a half out of the wild card. And, you know, you're closing in on the all-star break. And, you know, if you're contending, if you're five out or so by the all-star game, you know, you're still in it. 
But the Reds now have dropped two in a row. The Pirates, by the way, in last place, have won four in a row all of a sudden after going through a two and eight stretch. They've won four in a row, so they're tied for fourth place with the Cincinnati Reds. But yesterday, it was Anthony DiSclefani who was kind of like day and night. He was Jekyll and Hyde. He tied a club record, struck out the first six batters of the game, but then the Brewers scored five runs in the third inning off of him, and they beat Cincinnati 7-5 to there at Miller Park. Over four and a third innings, DeSclafani tied season highs in strikeouts with nine, but also in earned runs allowed, which was six, hits eight, and he did have one walk. Tied that club record with Robert Stevenson with six strikeouts to start a game. Stevenson did it versus the Pirates back in 2017 on October 25th. So he did start off the game pretty well, but didn't finish very well. The Reds got down seven runs. Joey Votto had a three-run homer in the sixth inning. Uh, The Reds got a couple more runs off of Jeremy Jefferson in the ninth and almost got the comeback. Jose Peraza was the tying run at the plate, but he flew out to deep left field to end the game. Just a little bit more, and maybe you got a tie game and something different and a great comeback by the Reds. So, you know, I'm I'm taking this as a positive splitting in Milwaukee. I mean, you got a team that was picked to, if not win the division, be there in the conversation at the top of the division with the Chicago Cubs, which is where they are now. They're a half game behind the Cubs for first place. You get a split up there. In the last two games, you lose by one run and by two runs. Again, that one-run deficit thing, that's uh, – 16 maybe this season that they've lost by one run all right the united states i'm going to interrupt this now the united states has a penalty kick apparently already just six minutes into the game here in the women's world cup are they going to take a lead this early in the game a penalty kick yep they got it There's breaking news for you. All right, there you go. At at the 6-14 mark, the United States scores on a penalty kick. They go up 1-0 on Spain. And for the life of me, I I could never understand how you would miss a penalty kick. Right? I mean, it's one-on-one, and it's a lot different than hockey. And I've said this on the show before. It's one-on-one. The goal is, I think, you know, my, my math could be off a little bit, but the goal is about uh, seven miles wide, and it goes about, I don't know, 30 feet high, and you got one person down there who's about 5'8", five, 5'9", five, trying to stop the ball. Everybody should always score on a penalty kick in that situation. And, and they just showed the replay, and the goalie dove to the left, and the, the ball went to the right side. So it wasn't even close. The United States has a one nothing lead, one nil on the pitch in the round of sixteen in the Women's World Cup. I'll keep you posted. Back to baseball. Again, taking it as a positive that the Reds get a split from Milwaukee. Four game series started with um, you know a lot of high hopes after getting a couple of wins back to back, six in a row at that point since last Sunday, and then you get back to back losses. So the Reds will get an off day today. They'll play two in California, and then they'll come back to Cincinnati. A very unusual schedule here. And this happened before. You're in Milwaukee. You fly to L.A. Then you get a day off and fly back to Cincinnati after two games. That's just really weird. To go out to the West Coast just for two games. But that's that's what's happening. They'll get to see Mike Trout and Albert Pujols, who, by the way, returned to St. Louis and had a home run. Just a great moment there at Bush Stadium watching Albert Pujols. And, and as much as you as a Reds fan didn't like the Cardinals, I mean, you had to respect Albert Pujols and the way he played. Tremendous player. It was hard to root against that guy, even with when he was with the Cardinals. Yadier Molina, Molina, different story. But uh, it was good to see Albert Pujols getting that home run at uh, Bush Stadium. And the crowd responded. I mean, they they enjoyed him being there, and they cheered him on. They appreciated what he did there in St. Louis. 
more Reds news. Scooter Jeanette could be back for the Reds this weekend. And, uh, oh, we have a tie. Spain just t- Hold on a second. Goal! That's Spain. España. Ties the game at 1. 9-13 to play. Wow. Got ourselves a shootout here in the World Cup. 1-1 to at the 9-20 mark. Anyway, uh, Scooter Jeanette could be back this weekend for the Reds. It's very possible he could be playing against the Cubs, which would be a great thing. I mean, they need some more bats in the lineup. Jeanette went from Class A Advanced Daytona to AAA Louisville on Sunday, and he should be playing today and tomorrow uh, against Indianapolis. He'll be in Indianapolis. So they'll be playing uh, Louisville, Indianapolis today and tomorrow, and Scooter Jeanette will be doing a rehab assignment there. Now, while he was in Daytona, uh, not very good. I mean, he was 2 for 14 with a double and a walk, four games. But you're just getting at bats, you're facing pitching, and that's what you want to see in your rehab assignments. Uh, another player for the Reds who was beginning rehab assignments, uh, Alex Wood. He is going to be in Louisville Tuesday to throw a bullpen session. Now, he uh, did uh, a little rehab assessment on Thursday, uh, or he will be doing this on Thursday. He'll be pitching against Toledo. That'll be his rehab assignment against Toledo. Uh, Saturday, he threw 42 pitches over two in- two innings of live batting practice. And he threw that against Kyle Farmer and Philip Irvin. No lingering effects on Sunday. So it looks like all is going well for Alex Wood. Uh, maybe see him post-All-Star break, perhaps. And they say rehab assignments for pitchers can last up to 30 days. And it's not clear how many starts that Wood would need to be back and Major League ready. So we'll see how he does Thursday and if he has any lingering effects with his back problems at that point. But again, the Reds are only five and a half out of first place, three and a half out of the wild card, chasing St. Louis, who is two back. So the Reds are three and a half back from the Cardinals or of the Cardinals, and they go into Anaheim this weekend or the next two days after today's day off, and they'll play the Angels, who are 39 and 40, 10 games out, but still a quality baseball team. And we'll see how the Reds do there. Um, Speaking of baseball, now they're doing something different for the All-Star game this year. Not just the game, not the game, not the game, Allen Iverson, not the game, uh, for the voting. And and I don't know if you're aware of this, but you know, you always vote for the All-Star game. And I always had fun voting for the All-Star teams. You get the little punch-out cards and you poke out the the holes and who you wanted to vote for and your favorite player, whatever. Usually it was just littered with reds. That was all mine. It was all reds because I was a big reds fan growing up, still am. But it's different. They do the uh, voting this year, and they're doing the first-ever Google MLB All-Star Starters election. Now, it was whoever got the most votes was going to be the starter of the game. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. MIDI specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history, so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. And I guess technically that's kind of the way it goes now, but they had the uh, preliminary three-week phase. I guess if you want to call it the the play-in or the primary, if you're doing elections, Now you've got the top three from each position, and you vote for them, and then whoever gets the most votes is going to be the starter in the All-Star game. The 2019 Google MLB All-Star ballot, top three vote-getters, nine for the outfielders. They they have been revealed, and starting Wednesday at noon, you can vote among the finalists and decide which players get to start for the American and National League, and you have to do that online. 
The voting starts at noon. It will run for 28 hours, and that's it. It ends 4 o'clock Thursday. The winners will be announced that night at 7 o'clock on ESPN. So, again, you've got the top three from each position. You vote for them Thursday. The voting ends, or Wednesday, the voting ends Thursday at 4. That night, the starters revealed on ESPN. Now, somebody who makes the top three, not necessarily guaranteed a slot on the all-star team, which is kind of crazy. The pitchers and reserves will be named Sunday at 5.30, also on ESPN. 24 for the National League, 23 for the American League, determined through a combination of player ballot choices and selections made by the commissioner's office. Now, in case you were wondering, did any Cincinnati Reds make the top three at any position? The answer is simply no. Not one. So if you thought maybe Joey Votto got some votes, now he he's not deserving. His numbers don't compare to the others. Um, maybe you're thinking somebody like Derek Dietrich or Eugenio Suarez. No, no Cincinnati Reds made the top three. As far as catchers go, National League, it's Wilson Contreras, Yasmani Grandal, and Brian McCann. First base, CJ, uh, that's uh, the American League's first base, Josh Bell of Pirates, deserving. Uh, Freddie Freeman of the Braves, Anthony Rizzo of the Cubs. Second base, Ozzie Albies from the Braves, Cattell Marte of the Diamondbacks, and Mike Moustakis of the Brewers. Shortstop, Javier Baez of the Cubs, Trevor Story, Rockies, and Dansby Swanson of the Braves. Third base, Nolan Arenado of the Rockies, Chris Bryant of the Cubs, Josh Donaldson of the Braves. The outfielders, uh, you know, you're thinking, well, maybe Yasiel Puig or rookie Nick Senzel. Senzel, no. Puig, no. None of them. Ronald Acuna Jr., Albert Amora, Cody Bellinger, Bellinger, uh, Charlie Blackman, Jason Hayward, Nick Markakis, Jock Peterson, Kyle Schwarber, Christian Yelich, all those guys. And the top three vote-getters for the outfielders in the National League and American League will be voted in as starters for the 2019 All-Star Game in Cleveland. But again, voting will start Wednesday, and you can vote online, and it's 28 hours only. So, you know, you go to the stadium, you stuff the ballot boxes back in the day. That's not the case. It's the little playoff. You had voting initially. You come down to 28 hours, and you vote your starters in for the all-star team. And again, the reserves will be named on Sunday. So if, uh, let's say you're looking at... um, the National League catchers. Let's say uh, Wilson Contreras wins it and Yasmani Grandal finishes second in the voting. There's no guarantee that Yasmani Grandal will be on the All-Star team. Although I'd say he probably is. But that's why they uh, announced the reserves on Sunday. 877-800-9848. If you would like to join the program, you want to talk a little baseball. A um, couple more news items of baseball. Uh, just one more before the break. Again, we're, we're dealing with this uh, situation with the screen and protecting the fans here. Another fan got hurt yesterday. There was a woman at Dodger Stadium who was taken to the hospital for a precautionary test after, got, after she got hit in the head by a Cody Bellinger foul ball. That was in the first inning against the Rockies. She was four rows from the field along the first baseline just past the protective netting that went to the end of the visitor duckout. She stayed there at first. Uh, I guess they got some ice for her, but she left about 15 minutes after that for precautionary testing just to make sure she was okay. Play was stopped for about six minutes. Players watched the first aid crew treat the woman. Uh, Cody Bellinger went over and, and checked on her, made sure she was okay. She gave him the thumbs up that she was okay. But again, another fan hit with a foul ball because of the protective netting. Now, again, that brings up the debate. Should they extend the netting all the way to the foul pole? Or will some people be upset because they feel that uh, they can't see see the game because of the netting? I mean, you got to protect fans, right? you got to have that up there. you got your kids there at the game. You know, if you got a couple of kids, one of them's, getting into something, here comes a foul ball, maybe you don't see it. It's not that you're paying attention. You you are paying attention to the game. But the way these guys hit the ball now, 
exit velocities of 113 miles an hour. I mean, you can do some damage. And people have been seriously hurt from incidents like this. Chicago White Sox and the Washington Nationals both recently announced that they are going to extend their netting to the foul poles. So good for them. Now, you know, you can go back on the other side of the argument and say, look, we've, we've been to baseball games. They haven't had netting around home plate for or down the first baseline, third baseline for a long time. You know, years ago, it was just right there behind home plate. And you didn't hear of a lot of people getting hit by a foul ball where they'd have to go to the hospital. But it's happened. So, you know, I I applaud the uh, Nationals and the White Sox for doing that. I've I've got two kids, and I know that they don't always pay attention to the game. And if you're there, you're there to protect them, right? I mean, I was, and that's what I try to do. That's why I always sit closest to home plate and make them sit in the middle. But still, I mean... Foul ball comes screaming down the first baseline and you're in one of those seats. People immediately put their hands up and try to catch the ball or stop the ball, deflects off somebody's hands and comes back and hits you in the head or one of your kids in the head. I mean, you got to protect them, right? So let's get that netting up. Major League Baseball will have to look into that maybe this offseason. Rob Manfred, the commissioner, will have to definitely uh, talk about that as well. 877-800-9848 here on the Sports Fill-In. It is still 1-1. United States and Spain in the round of 16 of the Women's World Cup at the 1945 mark here in the first half. Uh, Interesting, over the weekend, UConn announced that it is going to move to the Big East. They are in the American Athletic Conference. So what does this mean moving forward for the football program, the American Athletic Conference, and perhaps Conference USA? We'll talk about that after the timeout. 877-800-9848 and on Twitter at SportsVillain. This is the SportsVillain on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. This is the SportsVillain. Back on the SportsVillain on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. I'm Jason Philly. I'm glad to have you in. 877-800-9848 on Twitter at Sports Fill In over the weekend. Also, um, football commitment. Ironton senior quarterback Gage Salyers committing to play football at Youngstown State. Congratulations to him. See him and the Tigers out on the football field this year, just a couple of uh, months away from the start of high school football season. That's exciting. All right, uh, speaking of football, UConn is expected to leave the American Athletic Conference, and they want to go back to the Big East for basketball and all other sports starting in 2020. So what about the football program? Now, this move is not official yet, but a formal announcement is expected early this week, according to reports. So now the American Athletic Conference will be looking for a new football member since UConn is going back. All right, so what does that uh, what does that mean for uh, schools around maybe in Conference USA like Marshall? Is, is Marshall primed to go to the American Athletic Conference right now as a football only member? And would they accept a football only membership? Well, let's let's kind of break it down because you know I, I saw a story today about what would happen with the American Athletic Conference. Well, they. Would they be okay to stay at uh, 11? Well, the MAC and Conference USA are two likely candidates maybe to have somebody pulled from there to join the AAC, or maybe even the Sun Belt for that matter. Um, now, in in turn, those conferences, the MAC and Conference USA more likely than the Sun Belt, would, could they welcome UConn as a football-only member? Because, again, they're joining the Big East, and Big East does not have football. So would Conference USA or the Mid-American Conference welcome UConn, who has been bad over the last few years, as a football-only member? All right, well then, 
you know, if they do, who does the American ad? According to the story, the best option might be Army. Army, huge fan base nationally. The rivalry with Navy, perfect. But the last time Army was in a, a conference, remember it was Conference USA, they were 13 and 67. That might keep them out. All right, so if it's not Army, then who would it be? Would they go after television markets? the American Athletic Conference. If that's the case, then Marshall's out. More than likely, they would go for, say, Charlotte or Old Dominion, Georgia State in Atlanta. Would they go with maybe North Texas or Troy? Again, I was reading this story, and this came from ESPN, and they were asking, you know, well, who would fill in? Let's say UConn's out. They want to poach somebody else from uh, Conference USA, maybe, to join the American Athletic Conference. says, from there, the American could prioritize up-and-coming programs in stronger media markets, Charlotte, Old Dominion, Georgia State, smaller programs with recent success, of a uh, recent history of success, Troy, UAB, or North Texas, or focus on recruiting hotbeds that would offer good rivalry opportunities with existing members, which would be Georgia Southern, Louisiana Tech, FIU, or FAU. Marshall not mentioned yet at all in any of those. They can't fit that. And I know Marshall fans are clamoring to get out of Conference USA. Not everyone, but there are quite a few people who want to see the program elevated to go to a bigger, bigger, if you will, conference. Now, in football, again, it's still a group of five. They're not in the Power Five. So if you are, again, the highest-ranking group of five team, you still have a shot at the uh, Access Bowl, New Year's Day 6 bowl games. So would a move benefit Marshall University to go to the American American Athletic Conference? I think it would. I mean, you're playing with larger markets and so on and so forth. Would the American look at Marshall and find the success they've had in football the last few years? Again, uh Winning at least what? What is it? Winning at least eight games over the last four years, and, and no other team in Conference USA has done that. So Marshall's had the success there. They've had bowl success, undefeated in bowls under Doc Holliday. So they've had that. They have the fan base. Now, what about recruiting? What about? Uh, location what about television market it's not it's not a recruiting hotbed we know that that's florida we've seen some some big athletes come from this area and go on to play and, and they've been getting some big time offers i mean with the likes of spring valley and huntington and you know and more recently reed carico and ironton getting Division one offers from nearly every school uh, imaginable. But it's not really a recruiting hotbed, right? There, There's no question about the fan base. There's no question about that. Marshall fans love their football. And, and you go to a, a game at Jones C. Edwards Stadium, you compare that to other conference teams in Conference USA, I mean, it's right up there. Year after year, Marshall's right there near the top in attendance. It's got the brand, I would think, better than FIU. And would the uh, American try to draw FIU just because they're in Florida? Just because it's a place to recruit? And the, the football team has been pretty good the last couple of years. But can they maintain that success? And they don't have the fans there. They don't have the fan base, the crowds that come in and support this team. So would the American try to grab up one of those teams? Again, you could see some not major dominoes fall like we saw in the previous conference realignment, but maybe some minor ones. I mean, maybe you get a trade. Maybe... uh, 
UConn goes to the MAC. And who from the Mid-American Conference would be a candidate for the American Athletic? Northern Illinois? And if you're going media market, that might be the big one. But would you see them just grabbing a team just for the sake of grabbing a team? I mean, you need that, right, to have even divisions and so on and so forth. Would they get Georgia State? Again, you've got UConn who said, hey, look, we've had enough. We're out. We're going back to the Big East. We're done. And, and, you know, I'm just talking about football, but this has repercussions for the other programs there at UConn as well. The dominant women's basketball program. You've got the the men's basketball program that's been under scrutiny. But, you know, football is at the forefront of everybody's mind. But again, back to Marshall, if, if if they do try to make their presentation, I mean, you could take a look at the success that the basketball team's had the last couple of years. Now, have they done it on a consistent basis? No, but you've seen improvements. Last year, going to the NCAA tournament, winning a game, or two years ago, I'm sorry. Last year was when they won the CIT championship. I'm, I'm thinking school years, but uh, they won the CIT championship. So there's that. They've had success on the basketball pro, on the basketball court. The softball team has been all right. Baseball team, again, you're getting a new stadium here in a couple of years. Maybe that's something that attracts them. I, I mean, you know, if you're a Marshall fan, would you want that? Would you want to go to the American Athletic Conference and try to compete in that AAC. You know, they they've marketed themselves quite well as Power 6, right? I mean, they they've constantly said Power 6. They've considered themselves in one of the power groups even though everybody else kind of laughs at them and says you're not a power power program or a power conference. But they've had a lot of success. And I think it's just the idea of being in that conference, it's you know, is it, is it reputation? Is it the image? Is it them, you know, marketing themselves as being one of the big boys in college football? It'll be interesting what the American does. And if the American does grab somebody else, you know, who shifts again? Who's going to leave and go to this conference? Who's going to that conference? We'll find out. But UConn made that decision last week in a formal announcement the story says should be sometime this week. So we'll see. 877-800-9848. United States and Spain still tied at one in the 34th minute. Again, I'm trying to watch this game out of the corner of my eye. It's the round of 16 in the Women's World Cup. And is that, you know, is that the first goal that the United States has given up in this tournament? You know, that 13 to nothing win, a 3 to nothing win, another 3 to nothing win, and um, they beat Sweden. Was it two nothing? I think that was. I think it was the first goal given up by the United States in this tournament. But they're tied at one right now at the thirty fourth minute in the first half. And again, trying to watch this out of the corner of my eyes. I've got uh, FS one on in here, and I people are rabid and uh, fanatical about soccer, and I just I can't get into it. Sorry, I've I've given it a shot. I've tried. It's the United States, and and we'll cheer for the Americans. But the game itself, I just, I just can't, can't do it. Can't figure it out. I mean, I figured it out. I know some of the rules, but it's just, it's hard to watch, man. The field is so big. But I'll keep you updated. Again, if the United States scores, you'll get the goal call. And, uh, you know, they'll probably get the first half in by the time this show's over. And they will. They got about ten minutes left in the first half, and they count up. That's another thing about soccer: the, the clock counts up. It doesn't count down. You count up. Uh, what is it? Forty-five minutes, and then they reset it, and you get forty-five more minutes for the second half, 
And then if there's stoppage time, you add that on, but nobody really knows how much stoppage time. It's the officials who keep that. So you could be playing, you know, five minutes more, maybe 10, maybe two or three. Nobody knows. It's just a guessing game. And one of the uh, many reasons I, I find it hard to watch soccer, but it's 1-1. 877 We've got more to come here on the Sports Filling. College World Series starts tonight. Great matchup between Michigan and Vanderbilt. We'll talk about that in just a bit. This is the Sports Fill-In on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. You're listening to the Sports Fill-In. So what if the United States loses to Spain in this round of 16 in the World Cup? I mean, wasn't this the team that was supposed to be the best United States team ever put together? And now they're tied at one with five minutes left in the first half against Spain. And this would be a huge upset, wouldn't it? I mean, what happened to this team that was scoring 13 goals against Thailand? They were the bad guys. Everybody was on them. Why are you scoring so many goals? It's Thailand. It's their first or second appearance in the World Cup, and you're scoring 13 on them? And celebrating, you know, classic, classic heel NWO. But uh, no, now they're they're struggling a bit. Again, one one with five minutes or four minutes, whatever. Uh, I mean, that's according to the clock. They got about four minutes left in the first half. But if they put stoppage time up there, who knows? United States and Spain tied at one. 877-800-9848 here on the Sports Fill-In on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. So uh, you may not have uh, noticed, but the College World Series begins its best-of-three championship series tonight. Michigan and Vanderbilt will play in the championship series. Uh, this is going to be a fun, fun series. Michigan knocked off the number one team, UCLA, in the Super Regional, they advanced to the World Series. They beat Texas Tech. They beat Florida State. They beat Texas Tech again, 15-3. to And now they're playing Vanderbilt, who's the number two team nationally. Vanderbilt beat Louisville, Mississippi State, and Louisville again. Both these teams are undefeated, and you got a best of three. Game one tonight, 7 o'clock on ESPN. Weather permitting. Michigan, 49 and 20. Vanderbilt, 57 and 11. Your probable starters on the hill for Michigan Tommy Henry, left handed pitcher, 12 and 7 with a 3.27 earned run average. He pitched a gem his last time out. He'll be opposed by Vanderbilt's Drake Fellows, who's 13 and 1 with a 3.97 earned run average. Michigan has not been to the College World Series since 1984, but they're undefeated now and they've got a chance to get a huge win for the program and capture the World Series. And this is just a a fun team to watch. I know there are a lot of Ohio State fans out there, you know, making fun of Michigan and dogging Michigan, not wanting them to win, but they are in the World Series final, best of three. First appearance since 84. Vanderbilt, on the other hand, is a powerhouse program the last couple of years. They lead Division One in home runs. They're second in runs per game, sixth in batting average. They have four tremendous starting pitchers, one of the best closers in the country. So it will be, you know, a tough climb for Michigan to win this thing. The Commodores are playing exceptionally well. They're thirteen or thirty-three and three in the last eleven weeks. They swept the SEC regular season and tournament titles. Fifty-seven wins is a program record. Again, Tommy Henry expected to be on the hill for Michigan. He beat number one UCLA on the road in the Super Regionals. Supporting cast of Big Ten Player of the Year, Jordan Brewer. Ben Kaiser, uh, one of the starting pitchers for Michigan. And uh, Michigan, by the way, has only used three pitchers in the College World Series, which is amazing. 
I mean, you think about that. You go to uh, Omaha and you're thinking, all right, you got uh, four teams in the top bracket. You could play. You're hoping that you just play three games. But, you know, more than likely, you could fall to the loser's bracket and play an extra game. You got to have pitching, you got to have depth. And Michigan has just used three pitchers so far in the College World Series. So their bullpen is rested. I guess you could say that. But uh, they're probably going to have to use the bullpen against this Vanderbilt team that just cracks the ball. I mean, they are big-time hitters. J.J. Blade, who's the right fielder, number four overall pick, he leads Division I with 26 home runs. Austin Martin, who's the third baseman and leadoff hitter, SEC batting champ with a 406 average. So they can hit. But it's going to be fun tonight, 7 o'clock. Vanderbilt and Michigan, game number one of the College World Series. Game two will be tomorrow night. And then uh, game three, if necessary, will be on Wednesday. Back to back to back. Uh, Switching gears to uh, talk about Major League Baseball. Uh, This weekend, they are playing the London Series with the Yankees and Red Sox. I know, surprise, right? Yankees, Red Sox. Uh, but it's baseball's biggest rivalry, no question about that. And now they're going to be in London, England, playing over there. And I've talked about it on this show before. And, and this is the uh, third international game for Major League Baseball this year, or series, I should say. The Reds and Cardinals played in Mexico. You had the Mariners uh, playing, uh, and the A's playing over in Japan. And now you've got this game in London, this series in London. And I guess when you think about it, that's that's really kind of cool. Uh, you know, I don't really know that Great Britain or England has uh, such a, a high baseball talent pool, or it's very popular there. But if you're Commissioner Rob Manfred and you want to get your um, your league some exposure worldwide and you know the world baseball classics helped out with that as well uh, the united states had a chance there but missed an opportunity sorry um you want your your product out there and you want everybody in the world to see it and why not put the best rivalry at center stage in london and, uh, you know, according to the commissioner, they sold that out pretty quick, the two-game series. And I guess that would be equivalent to, you know, you got two of the top soccer programs in, in England if they were to come to the United States for a couple of games in, I don't know, a soccer hotbed, which is where. I mean, maybe they played in L.A. Maybe they played at the Coliseum in L.A. for, for a couple of games. That would probably sell out the curiosity aspect of it maybe just try to find out what this is all about what's going on and they've already announced that there will be a series over in london next year as well so interesting stuff i mean it'll be neat to see how the the field lays out in this london series and how the crowds get into it you know major league baseball crowds are a little bit different Right, I mean, they're more laid back, kind of taking it all in, looking at the surroundings, watching the game, kind of breaking it down. And yeah, they'll get loud every now and then, especially at Great American Ballpark when uh, the Reds have 10 strikeouts and the 11th one gets some free pizza. They'll get really loud. But I, I want to see how these fans react to Major League Baseball over there. Will they be really vocal? Will will they be loud? Um, It'll be interesting to see. But that's this weekend. Uh, Halftime now on the pitch. United States and Spain all tied at one. First goal given up by the Americans. And um, I don't know. Are they on the ropes? This is a team that's dominated, but they are tied at one at the break. I don't know. Round of 16. I, I did see, um, you know, speaking of soccer and the World Cup, there's controversy in the World Cup. Imagine that. Uh, Cameroon's manager, Elaine 
Jumfa, I can't pronounce it, um, accused officials of miscarriage of justice in yesterday's World Cup loss to England. At times during this game, the Cameroon players looked like they just wanted to quit, didn't want to play anymore. And the England manager, Phil Neville, said he was ashamed of his opponent's behavior. The Cameroon manager, Elaine, I won't go anything I won't go into anything further than that. It's a game, it's a sport. The referee made a lot of mistakes tonight. So here we go. Blaming the officials. One of the players said, our goal was disallowed and we found ourselves in a difficult situation where most of us do not want to play. We didn't want to play anymore. We just wanted the game to be over, but because we were playing for our country, we decided to go on. Thank goodness for that. We were really disappointed, the coach said. Don't worry, the referee wants England to win today. Don't worry about this. Your job is to represent your country, so you have to go back out and play, end quote. So... Cameroon accusing um, the officials of cheating and giving the game to England, who won three to nothing, by the way. The England coach, Neville, said, quote, I sat through 90 minutes of football there and completely felt ashamed of the opposition. I did not enjoy the game for that reason, apart from the fact we're in the quarterfinal and have momentum. All those young girls and boys watching the game back in England, we had five, six, seven million people watching. England play an international game against Cameroon with that kind of behavior. I think it's pretty sad. I can't gloss over it and fudge it. I've got to tell the truth to everybody, end quote. Dogging him now. Neville said he was proud of his players and added if any of them had behaved like the Cameroon team, he would never pick them again. Controversy at the World Cup. Biggest controversy is I have it on in the studio here. And I've talked about it several times today because it is the World Cup and the world is watching. And the Americans are in a dogfight right now, tied at one at the break. We need to take one final time out, come back and uh, wrap up with a couple of things. There's a very interesting class that's offered at Harvard this year. And uh, (laughs) this is weird. And I want to tell you about if you're a fan of wrestling, you might enjoy this. That's coming up after the timeout. This is the Sports Fill-In on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. Fox Sports Radio. Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. This is the Sports Fill-In. Final segment on today's show, 877-800-9848 here on the Sports Fill-In. This would make me want to go back to college. So I read that a Harvard which I would never have a shot at getting into Harvard, by the way. I don't think. But anyway, they are offering a course on uh, their, a course on business of sports and entertainment class, which will study separately the WWE, The Rock, LeBron James, and more. The official announcement from the university says this, the prestigious Harvard Business School is offering a case study on WWE as part of Anita Elbers' course, The Business of Entertainment, Media, and Sports, beginning this fall. The course will enroll 180 MBA students in their second year and will also examine other major sports and entertainment brands like the Walt Disney Studios, NBC Universal, Nike, and personalities such as former WWE champion Dwayne The Rock Johnson, LeBron James, and more. That's from Harvard, this uh, story from SI. So you can um, you can take a class in the WWE and a, a class separate. They're going to study separately The Rock. What the rock is- okay, so, I mean, I guess that's, that's part of the class. You study The Rock if you smell what he's cooking. I mean, what would that... What would that be like? What kind of class syllabus would that be? The Rock says. The Rock says. And, and it might be funny if, uh, you know, the professor, when when studying The Rock, you know, ask a question out loud in class and, and says, well, you know, Steve or whoever that guy is sitting in the front row, Steve, what, what was your impression of, 
you know, The Rock and his rise to fame in the WWE. And then as Steve starts to answer, the professor says, it doesn't matter what you think, you know, like The Rock did. And that's, that's just my opinion. I hope they do something like that. But you can actually take a class on studying WWE and The Rock at Harvard. Harvard. The course explores factors that drive sustained success for organizations and individuals in sports and entertainment. Understand how companies can diversify beyond their core business to create engagement and value for fans and other stakeholders and how business can best pursue contracts with star talents. I, I think I could probably pass that class. I would, I would hope so anyway. I mean, and, and if you went back and, and you had a history of that, you know, if you went back to the NWA days and you're studying Dusty Rhodes and Ric Flair and the Road Warriors and stuff like that, oh, no problem. The case study on the Moondogs. You know, why weren't the skyscrapers so successful? You know, different things like that. Maybe there's going to be a university out there that will offer a wrestling class only. You're studying the history of wrestling and independence and the fall of WCW. Just a thought, man. Harvard. That's Harvard. One of the esteemed Ivy League schools offering a class where you study The Rock and LeBron James. All right. Uh, no baseball today. Reds and Angels in action on the West Coast tomorrow. We'll have it here for you on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420. Uh, you've got a halftime score of 1-1 with the United States and Spain in the Women's World Cup right now. United States in its toughest challenge to date. How will the second half go? We'll see. We've got the Rich Eisen Show coming up next. Podcast later on this afternoon at foxsports1230.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Sports Fill-In on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420 and iHeartRadio. Have a great day. You've been listening to the Sports Fill-In. Get all the latest info and podcasts on our Facebook page and at foxsports1230.com. And listen to the Sports Fill-In weekdays at noon on Fox Sports 1230 and 1420.